Welcome to Caffeinated Living. We are a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. I am Kyle. And I'm Rob. And we are excited that you are here with us for the official... Official! Episode one. Episode uno. Here we are. Episode uno. Episode one. So yes, thank you for joining us. Uh, We are excited to get this off the ground. So yes, today... This episode is all about Jesus and all about ministry. Mm. Uh, Kyle is going to share just a little bit of who he is, how Jesus has been working in his life. He's going to share just a little time of testimony. And so that's what we want to do over these next couple episodes so that you get to know who we are. Um, Don't want to steal anything away from Kyle. I'll leave him with that. Episode number two, uh, I'm going to share just a little bit of who I am and how God is using me in ministry right now. But right now, I want to hand this over to Kyle. So, Kyle, I'm going to give this over to you, but yeah. I, I may interrupt you and ask you some questions no, that's fine. along the way. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I really just want to share with you guys this morning a little bit about my testimony and kind of my call to ministry and where I'm at right now in life. Um, so growing up, I, I honestly wasn't a kid that grew up in church. Um, anytime that I went to church as a kid, it was either with a grandparent or an aunt and uncle. They took me a lot or a friend invited me to like Bible school or something like that. So with my parents, we really didn't grow up in church. My mom and dad got divorced when I was around four years old. So it was kind of the split family for the longest time. But when my mom got remarried, okay, it was like she reevaluated life for a second. Um, and mom, if you're listening to this, I love you. But when mom got remarried, she and my stepfather, I guess, decided, hey, church is going to be important to us. So we had started going to church. And at that time, I was like fifth or sixth grade. So we started picking up in church and we started going to a pretty large church in the area, probably one of the largest churches in our area at the time, uh, Tri-City Baptist. And I don't know what it was, but we were probably there for six, seven months, um, and maybe that just culture shock of how large it was, we decided to move churches. Uh, And at that point in my life, I was in sixth grade, so wasn't fully in youth ministry yet in the transition of going to youth ministry, um, because at that church, sixth grade wasn't in middle school at the time. So at that point in my life, um, I was really trying to understand fully what church life looked like. Um, but in the sixth grade was probably one of the most monumental aspects of my life. Probably the biggest turning point in my life. Like I said, my mom and dad divorced at a young age and my father, um, in the sixth grade actually passed away. And it was really one of the first times that I really tried to grasp life and death. Um, I can remember coming home, riding the bus and coming home one day and two random men were sitting on my porch with my mom and my mom was crying, of course. And these two men actually were men from the church. We were at Woodlawn Baptist at the time and these two men were comforting my mom. One was an EMT, so he had gotten the official call and let them know um, of my father's passing. And they were breaking the news to my mom and I guess we're there to kind of cons. Uh, kind of counsel me then at that time. But the only thing that I remember is that these were the men who brought the news, probably the worst news of my life. So at that point, like as I'm wrestling with death and life and all these emotions were 
coming into my mind. I just remember these men are from the church. So I'm going to switch my bitterness and anger, not towards God, but towards the church. So I really started to build a resentment to uh, the church as a whole, which kind of built a resentment towards God. Like if God really loved me, why would he take my dad away from me? Um, and at that point, I was only really visiting with my dad on the weekends, but um, just a, a resentment started to build up in me until it was a really big turning point. My mom started taking her, her walk with the Lord seriously. Um, she had got involved with Sunday school and uh, some ladies groups and different things like that. So still a bitterness, still a resentment towards the church and even God at that time. But then I just started my mom really diving into church life and trying to take her faith seriously. And at the time, it didn't have an impact on me. But looking back, man, that had probably the biggest impact on me, seeing her make it real, seeing her take it seriously. Um, I tell parents all the time, like, your kids are not going to get it if you don't take it seriously. And because I experienced that. So my mom started to take it seriously. She really pushed me. And I want to say push in the most gentle form. She did push me (laughs) into going to youth group. And at the time, there wasn't a huge youth group there. Um, It was maybe like three or four guys, and they were all older than me. But in seventh grade, she really pushed me towards youth group. I started going on trips, started uh, getting involved in everything that they were doing, even if I didn't want to be involved with it. But the youth pastor at the time really started to disciple me. I didn't know what that was at the time, but he just started to pour into me, started to disciple with me. And uh, his name was Derek Jones at the time. And uh, I remember each and everything he would do, he would invite me to come over to play video games and really walk with me through some of my anger and bitterness and uh, started to answer questions. My mom started to be able to get to the point to answer questions, not just about my dad, uh, but about the Bible and about who God was and the character of God. And that shaped me in a way that I could not even put into words fully in this podcast in one episode Uh, But I remember one Sunday morning, um, it was a Sunday, we were eating lunch with my stepdad's family, and my cousin at the time had had walked the aisle, prayed the prayer, and had had been baptized. And I remember thinking to myself, um, because I had been sprinkled as a kid growing up with my grandparents and aunt and uncle in the Lutheran church. So I remember thinking, baptized, what does that mean? So I just remember my entire family being so excited because he had made this decision and that he was being baptized. And I'm like, I want that feeling. I want people to pat me on the back and say, great job, Kyle. So probably this next Sunday, I remember, okay, I'm going to focus in on every word the pastor is saying, because I want to make this genuine, but I also want this to happen. Like I want to be baptized. I want that feeling of people looking at me and saying, good job. So I remember listening for the very first time on what the pastor was saying and hearing the message of the gospel, hearing love, grace, redemption, all the things that I had missed out on in early church life that I was like, whoa, like this is, this is different. This is, this is God. This is who Jesus is. And um, maybe not fully grasping the moment, uh, 
the pastor said, hey, if you want to accept Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. So I prayed the prayer and I remember not even waiting for a moment of saying, okay, come forward, but just getting out of my seat as that last song was being played and just coming forward and it felt like floating. Like it was just a weird feeling. And uh, being 11 years old at the time, I'm like, this is just so weird. But I went up front. Uh, I can remember my mom and stepdad. I'm like, what is he doing? Um, talking with the pastor. But again, the back of my mind was, okay, what do I have to do to be baptized? What do I have to do to get that attaboy, pat on the back, great job? <laughs> but still understanding for the very first time what the gospel was. So it's kind of between two worlds, wanting that I'm impressed by you, but really grasping it for the first time. Um, so I prayed the prayer, ended up getting baptized. My dad was actually there, um, not in the point of being physically there, but like I just, I could wrestle and understand the weight of the moment, like Maybe God didn't make my father pass away, if that makes sense. But I think it was a moment of realization of seeing who God was and waking up to that. So what, what happened? It was more of, I don't know, more of this was your first, not your first impression of God. Yeah, yeah. But your realization exactly. of who God was. Yeah. And just the magnitude of everything that had happened um, to that point. Um, but when I when I explain to people my testimony, I, I say it's a process. Uh, and now I know what sanctification is, which is the process of becoming righteous or coming closer to God. So uh, I guess it ultimately is sanctification. But my testimony is a process in this way. Yes, I understood the gospel for the very first time. And I believe, I fully believe I received it in that moment. But I feel like I still was learning and who God was because I still just wanted to be people to be impressed by that. Mm-hmm. So it was a summer camp. Everything really comes back to youth ministry in my, in my story. I'm realizing <laughs> that. But we were at summer camp and it was Crossroads Camp and that was it was at Gardner-Webb and uh, Clayton King had started this camp, and dude, he was one of the best speakers. Still is probably one of my favorite speakers to listen to. Ended up being a campus pastor at Liberty. Which so was, what year was this? Um, if, you, if you can remember back then. I was either a sophomore or junior in high school. So 2007, 2008 summer. Um, I wasn't a senior. But I remember one night at camp, they had done the very first night, like, if you want to accept Jesus, I'm like, no, I've already done that. I don't have to pray that prayer again. I know that I'm saved. But I remember the, one of the last nights Clayton asked, um, who feels like they want to give their hearts and lives and paychecks and everything to God and to serve him in full-time ministry or mission work? And again, it was almost like I just felt like I'm standing up without even him asking me to come forward moment. And I remember my youth pastor, that same look that was on my mom and dad is like, what is he <laughs> doing? So I went forward and I, I really committed my my life in that moment to ministry, not knowing what that was going to look like, not knowing if it was going to be in youth ministry or being an associate pastor or whatever. I just want, I knew I wanted to serve him full time. 
as a job, as a ministry, in everything that I did. Um, and here's kind of brief story. Um, at that point, my stepdad and mom were in the in the midst of adoption. So I have a sister who's adopted from China, um, and that was met with not joy in my life. Like I, I'm the oldest of four uh, at that point, or I'm the oldest of five, man, that's weird. I'm the oldest of five, but at that point I was the oldest of three. So I have two younger brothers, Cameron and Christopher, uh, but my mom, want, my mom and stepdad wanted to adopt a child from China. So I remember them telling us this and my first result, my first action and the, what I put into words was absolutely not. No, how could you do this? I'm about to uh, get to my senior year and you want to add another baby to the mix? Like, come on. It's completely selfish. Um, so during that summer, knowing this, knowing my, my family was about to go and adopt a little girl who had seen pictures of, of knowing, okay, this is about to happen, knowing that I'm here in summer camp, made the decision to serve him, what does all of this have to do? Like, what is God trying to show me in this moment? That night, I'm telling you, I understood for the very first time, I feel like the love of Christ, the love of Christ of saying, I would do anything for you. And the decision of my parents adopting, I wrestled with so much. But then in that moment, I felt like, okay, that kind of love is the love my parents have for this little girl they have never met. And I remember struggling and trying to f- wrestle with that in that moment of giving my life to ministry and trying to wrestle with what I had been going through that summer and saying, okay, God, I get it. I understand love. So when I say it's a process, like God has been in every aspect of that process. That is sanctification. Um, but I gave my life to ministry. Uh, my junior year, I'm like, okay, what is the best school to be able to do ministry in? And I'm like, okay, my youth pastor at the time, his name's Josh Kappas. He was a graduate of Liberty University. And uh, he said, you need to go here. You need to give it a shot. So we did the college for a weekend thing. I actually did that three times just so I could get away. Yes. Did you ever go through Seafall? College for a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. As a Liberty student, you cannot stand college for a weekend. But as a high school student, getting to be a college kid for a while was pretty cool. Yeah. We, we, we tried to uh, ditch our college for a weekender. And yeah. Tried to leave him in places that probably you shouldn't be around Lynchburg. But, you know, <laughs> it's an experience. Yeah. You know, hey. Yeah. So. So at College for a Weekend, I decided I want to go to Liberty. Liberty was a school for me. I didn't even look at any other schools at that point. Uh, Liberty's in Virginia, so that was a big step for me to say, I want to leave North Carolina and go to Virginia. Um, went to Liberty and really was reaffirmed in that calling to serve in ministry. Through the dorms that I was in, the incredible men of God that were placed in my life, some of the most respected professors, um, and that reaffirming of youth ministry was there as well because I got to serve in different uh, things, uh, college ministry and at Thomas Road Baptist Church up there and all these different things. So reaffirming that call it, calling not just to ministry, but feeling that urge to youth ministry was also at Liberty 
Um, and my junior, senior year, kind of fast forward and kind of just picking back up. Junior, senior year of college, I had the opportunity to actually serve as an intern at my home church, Woodlawn. Uh, youth pastor kind of brought me under his wing. Then he actually resigned my senior year. So we really got the training wheels off. And I felt like full-time ministry was happening. Thrown into the fire. Thrown into Nothing the like it. fire. Um, so I got to really feel that re, uh, recalling, feel that um, affirming of ministry being able to be thrown into the fire. My, my then-girlfriend... I asked her to serve with me during Bible school because I knew that if I was going to have a wife, she would have to enjoy ministry at least a little bit. So I asked my girlfriend who I could see myself marrying saying, okay, will you serve with me at vacation Bible school? And her answer, sure. I'm like, okay, let's give this a shot. So she served with me my senior year our church is Vacation Bible School. She went to a different church. And so is this the girlfriend that stalked you through college? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That, that's another story for another time, but yes. That's, yeah. Okay. Who eventually becomes my wife. <laughs> that's the funny thing. So seeing Emily serve in Vacation Bible School with students and working with young girls, I'm like, this is 100% going to be my wife. So not only did I get that affirming of being in youth ministry, but I got to see this is my wife. This is the person that I can do full-time ministry with. This is the person who's going to be by my side. Hopefully she feels the same way too. So long story short, we got married. She is my biggest helper, my biggest leader, my biggest cheerleader in ministry. I would be nothing in ministry without her. But senior year, um, one of my buddies, Wesley Caldwell, called me and said, hey, man, I know you're about to start applying to churches. I want you to put your resume in at the church that I'm currently serving in, which was Central Baptist. And I said, okay, I did. I didn't really apply to any other churches. I wanted to work for Wesley. I wanted to work side by side with him. Didn't even know anything about the church. I just knew I wanted to work with Wesley, and I did. Um and that time of transitioning from college to ministry, no class, nothing could have ever prepared me for that. I don't know about you. Yep. I guess I'll hear about yours in the next episode. Nothing could have prepared me for that. It was a learning experience. It was making some of, some of my greatest mistakes in ministry was during that first year. But then year two comes around, all right? In year two... Wesley actually resigned from the church. And this is a smaller church, so there wasn't any other staff. There wasn't really any else, anybody else to fill positions. So in that year, second year, I was the only person on staff besides the secretary. I'm a 22-year-old kid who is trying to lead a church. And in that year, because it was a year before we got another pastor, another senior pastor. In that year, oh my goodness, I, I understood more about the church as a whole through senior adult ministry, through children's ministry, through trying to work with a deacon board, to, through trying to understand financials and all the different things that come into ministry like I never would have probably learned 
if I didn't have that year. There was some resentment there because Wesley was my friend, my mentor, everything. And it wasn't resentment towards him. It was a resentment to, why do I have to go through this? And uh, But I learned so much in that year on what the church as a whole not should be, but what God wants it to be. Um, and God in that moment, I had been there, it was going on five years at Central. And God in that moment was kind of leading my heart to the whole family ministry aspect of church ministry, to where youth ministry is important, children's ministry is important. But one of the biggest aspects of it is ministering towards their parents and how their parents can better serve their students and children and babies. So God had shaped my heart to wanting to do more of that. Um, I love Central to the core. I would be probably not where I'm at without them. But God was really just leading me towards that ministry, or that aspect of ministry. And that's when God opened the door up to Dudley Shoals Baptist Church, where I'm at now, where I was going to have more of an opportunity to lead in that aspect, where not only am I the youth pastor, but I'm also the pastor over family ministry. And uh, that's where I'm at now. That's where I'm growing. That's where I'm learning. That's where I'm still messing up and figuring it out by the grace of God. Um, but I'm still in that process, still in that process of growing and learning and figuring out how I can be more like Jesus. That's good. That's good. So who has been... You talked about Wesley. You talked, you about, talked about a couple of your other youth pastors. So who, who would be... Uh, very, I know for myself, I, I can name three men mm-hmm. that impacted my faith, who mm-hmm. I, I sort of shaped who I wanted to be when I began ministry. When you began ministry, mm-hmm. yeah. So who, who would, and, and it may be those men that you talked about, yeah. who, who would be someone that has helped you understand what it means to represent Jesus Christ? Mm. The weird thing is, is like, I think now it would be three different people who are shaping mm. me the most. But it, at that time, at the beginning of ministry, it would definitely be my youth pastor, Josh Kappas, who pushed me, who let me take the training wheels off, who showed me what a godly father, a godly um, uh, youth pastor, and all of that looked like. I learned from him more than anyone. Um, There's so many people in college that really pushed me, but Wesley was another one. Uh, And then one would be actually not someone older than me, someone younger than me, actually my my childhood best friend who I'd grown up with in the youth ministry, someone that was my roommate in college, someone that I did life with and ministry with and everything with, it would be my buddy Spencer Haynes, someone that I bounced everything off of, someone who I fought with more than anyone I ever have. Uh, but I, I more learned, than your brothers. Yeah, way more than my brothers. Whoa. Yeah, but dude, that's saying something. But those are probably the three of the men that pushed me the hardest and challenged me the greatest, and I learned from the most. Three men now, 
um, not to be ushy gushy, but you would be one of them. Um, I'm so sorry. In that time at Central, like in that year of not having a pastor, I probably would not have stayed in ministry if it wasn't for you. Um, at that point, like Rob played the mentor role in my life. And again, not to be ushy gushy, but like it, it, he encouraged me. We did book studies together. We met once a week. Um, you were a great influence in my life and are still someone that is that. Um, Poor guy. <laughs> Y'all should uh, feel sorry for him. <laughs> uh, and then probably my, my pastor now. Uh, I, I'm growing because of him. There's things that I push back on him saying, no, I'm not ready, and things that he says, yes. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Spiritually mm-hmm. speaking, um, how have you changed or how have you seen yourself grow in the last five years? Mm, wow. That's a lot to throw on you, like, has we're... Through the whole family ministry aspect, I've realized how important mine is. Like, if I'm going to be trying to get families to reach their children for the Lord, like, my family has to be number one. I learned this a very in a very hard way. Um, not that my wife wanted to leave me. Nothing crazy like that. But, like, as a new dad, I... My baby was more of my youth ministry than my baby. Um, I really had to figure out and grow in a season on becoming a father and leading my wife and leading my family as a whole. Um, So I, I really switched gears in that transition of trying to become more family ministry friendly and believing in that model of ministry, of trying to figure it out with my own and how to be a better dad. Not just how to be a better pastor, but how to be a better dad, how to be a better husband. So I'd say, maybe my, my wife and kids would say differently, but I'd say that has been my biggest area of growth. That has been the thing that I've tried to grow the most in. Also being organized. <laughs> Being organized is something I would say my wife would say differently in this, and maybe you would too, because you're very organized. But I have, I have tried, I have tried to be more of an administrator. My pastor now tell, tells me this, and I kind of joke with him because he's kind of corny at times. But he says you can't have minister without administration, and uh, so I've tried to become more organized in the way that I do things, in the way that I plan and the way that I look ahead in goals and in all of that. So organization, I've tried to grow in. Family ministry, I've tried to grow in. And my own personal family. Good stuff. So, yeah, um, it's been amazing. I I will say for myself, it has been amazing for the six, seven years that I have known Kyle uh, to see him grow to where he is today. God is truly leading him, as he is all of us, but I, I, you, I see it, you know. Um, seeing him on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, I, I just see how much God is using this young man, uh, what a blessing he is to his church. 
And yes. So I appreciate that. man, Kyle, that, that was some good stuff. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And um, it's a hot seat. Uh, it I'm is excited for your episode next week, which will be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, one, just because of the, the, the age difference, but mm-hmm. different upbringings. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, different yeah. upbringings. So one of the things that Kyle talked about real quick was, or he didn't talk about it, but one of the ways that we met was he, he worked at a little Christian bookstore here in Hickory Lifeway. It's now extinct. <laughs> now extinct. But as he was working there, he, he had the opportunity to work with my dad. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the ways that we got, I got to know who he, who he was, yeah. how we met. So you'll, you'll hear a little bit about how my dad has impacted who I am today. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're, we're going to come back and we, we got some serious questions to ask one another. We're going to talk baseball, not just baseball, baseball, baseball food, baseball food. Be, yeah. We're excited about that. So we'll be right back. So stay tuned. Kind of have some lighthearted fun here for the few moments. To- yeah. We're going to, we're going to be talking about. Since baseball is finally coming back, we know that in a, in a COVID-19 world, baseball, MLB is finally coming back. We're going to be talking about in a little bit our favorite ballpark foods, but I kind of want to, I kind of want to get your opinion on baseball being back. Like what, what do you think about that? Did you think it was going to happen? Or, I mean, there was kind of a moment where I was like, there's no way major league baseball is going to happen. And I'm still questioning it yeah uh if it, if it happens that's great um some baseball is better than no baseball even if it's a 60 game season mm. uh shortened playoff system i don't like all the rules they've changed to it um okay so you brought that up I, let me I, let me ask you a question this because i i've got this written down one of my favorite things about rob is when he rants yeah, but that's and, only on Facebook. Yeah, and you react. So I've got three rule changes right. that I want you to react to. And I read the – these are three of the weirdest rule changes in my opinion. All right, here's the first one, and I want you to give your reaction to this. I don't like it. <laughs> no spitting. Okay. What? And, Where did you see this? No spitting. Okay, I read, I read the whole rule changes and all the things with COVID-19. No spitting, and here's what it means. Now, baseball had gotten rid of tobacco lists. Right. Uh, they got rid of, like, dip and stuff like that. Tobacco Chalk. products. And, yeah, yep. they got rid of that, but no spitting. And I just mean, like, spitting in the dugout, or think about when you're playing infield and you're just taking a spit, or spitting sunflower seeds. What's your reaction to that? Is it possible? I, I, think that's, I think that's only a temporary yeah, I mean, it's, rule because I but mean, it's that, in that there. Be a, but it's in there. So is well, that possible to play baseball without? <laughs> I mean, anything's possible. But um, sunflower seeds? I mean, you're well, basically saying MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred, Manfred proves anything's possible. He's running baseball. I never thought that was possible, but he's running baseball. Yeah. However, yes, I guess it would be possible, but I mean, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird that um, one spitting is a part of baseball, but two like well, it's you have weird. to put that in the w- rule book, right? It's also weird that we're sitting here talking about spitting in baseball. Um, <laughs> I mean, spitting in uh, okay. We're, I'm sorry, people, but spitting in baseball is just as common as it like is scratching in baseball. Yeah, if you've played baseball, you know what I mean you by know. that. 
But I understand because your saliva's going out. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, 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 safety, the safety concerns yeah. with it. Okay, if that we, one's we, weird. We live in a hippie generation. I get it. <laughs> See, here he goes. Rob's reacting. All right, here's another one. No bat boys or bat girls. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Again, not surprised. Who's getting who's who's getting the bats? I mean, think about it. Is the coaches coming out? Heaven forbid our multi-million dollar players <laughs> have to carry their own equipment every now and then. I, I even mean, saw where they have to bring their own donuts. You, you know, like like hmm. they they have to bring their own bat donut to the ballpark. Okay, if for if you're listening and you don't understand what a bat donut is, it's not donut like we're going to go to Dunkin' Donuts no. Krispy Kreme. It's, it's a weighted circle that you place on your bat that you see has their warming up. But who so, do you think is going to get the bats? Uh, trainers. Umps, I mean. Umps, trainers. I don't know. That's weird. All right. If you thought the no spitting thing is weird, this one's probably weirder. And this is the other one, the last one. No licking fingers. And you think about it like, what? how's that a big deal? Think about pitching, Okay. Think about pitching in the sense that's how a lot of pitchers get mm-hmm. gripped. No, that's how a lot of pitchers cheat, too. But licking fingers, no licking fingers. You cannot put your saliva on the ball. So what they're talking about doing is having pitchers carry a wet towel or washcloth to be able to wet their fingers. What do you think of that? I mean, again, it's the day and time. I mean, It's weird. If you want to have... Baseball, you won't have to have all these yeah. weird rules for the time being. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. if baseball is implementing this, imagine how weird college football oh, and the NFL is going to be. Because baseball is like one of the most non contact sports out there. Now, right. there's contact, but right. barely ever. I mean, think about sweat transfer from a catcher to a batter. Yeah, what does that look like? I mean, that's, you know. I did see where in, like, bullpens, pitchers are going to have their own sets of balls. So, like, if, let's say, uh, give me a closer. Kenley Jansen has his own pack of balls that he is throwing to the catcher. Hmm. (laughs) That's so weird. It's going to be, I don't understand how they're going to do it. If that's the case, pitchers are staying safe. Mm -hmm. But the catcher... Do they have to dispose of a ball after every pitch? I don't know. We'll you know, because there's that transfer there. So but I guess they're yeah, using gloves. I haven't I haven't seen all those yeah. rules come but about. But the best rule change is this, and we'll move on. The best rule change, and I don't know if you'll agree because you're an AL guy, the universal DH. No, that's stupid. Uh, I'm a Mets fan, so I'm getting like mental pictures. Yoannis Cespedes at DH is I love that thought. If he can stay healthy enough to DH. He can DH now. He doesn't have to play the field. But the Universal DH has been a long time coming. I can't wait to see what that looks yes. like. Uh, that, that, that argument has been around since the beginning of the DH. And you know what? Suck it up, buttercups. <laughs> Come on. But the only that, pitchers that hit bombs. I mean, think about it. And yes. it's very rare. But that's also what separates National League from the American League. Just like, as I was growing up, you used to have umpires for the National League and American League. Yeah. You had red and blue shirts. Did they really? During the World Series, you'd have umpires from both leagues. Now you have the umpires union where everything's uniformed. So, I mean, 
They've talked about doing that. If you're doing a 60-game season, why not try it? Yeah. Well, this well, is give, the give season it a that shot. they have to try stuff. I, I just thought you were talking about the new rule that MLB is now going to implement that they've tr- they've been doing in the minor leagues, but if games go to extra innings, starting in the 10th inning, you automatically get a runner at second base. Mm. So I don't know if I like that. They, they've been doing that in minor leagues, or like right. the South minor, Atlantic. Minor leagues, they've been doing that. Um, I get it. Why not try it for the major leagues, a 60-game season that's short? Because, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to say I feel sorry for these guys. Uh, they're, they're making more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime. But just for a wear and tear. Yeah. It should a, a, make every the day, product if, better. If, if you go to extra innings to where you're playing 14, 15, 16 innings, and then you're getting up six hours later to play another game because yeah. you're shortening your season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I get it. Yeah, yeah. All well, right. So here's Lord what, willing, it's only trials, but that's okay. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do now, okay? So baseball, one of the best parts about baseball, and this is the one of the things that I was looking forward to the most this summer is getting to go to a minor league baseball game because mm. the best part about minor league baseball, one, you get to see future players and all that kind of stuff, but the food. Now, we live in Hickory, North Carolina, where it's the Hickory Crawdads. The Hickory Crawdads. And Crawdads. we get to see a lot of young players come through, but one of the best parts about it, the food. I love ballpark food. I think ballpark food is unmatched compared to if you were going to a football game or a basketball game. I don't know why, but it is. So what we're going to do today is talk about our favorite ballpark food, but we're going to do it in draft form. Okay. You don't know what that looks like, but here's what it is. So I'm going to give you first pick. So you have first pick, then I'm going to pick, and then we're going to go back and forth. So we're going to do a fixed draft, not snake, where I get back-to-back picks. So we'll just go you, me, you, me, and we're going to do four picks, four rounds of picks. So basically, you're Mount Rushmore. What can you form as the best snack for some from ballpark food? Okay, so you've got a list of foods that are your favorite. Try to get them on your team. So you got first pick, okay? So... Now, while you're thinking of your first pick, so I think, wait a minute, are you saying so if I pick something, but then you can't pick that? Exactly, exactly. Oh, so how specific are we are we getting? As specific as you want to get. I mean, you have to be able to get it at a baseball game, okay? So it could not be like steak tips or like it, you, whether it's like at a major league game and you've got it before. I mean, it could be generics like the the actual favorites. All right, but while you're thinking of your first one, I think there is a one-of-one one pick. I think there is a top dog pick. I think there is a Mike Trout of ballpark foods. Now, other all other foods are great. You could get Christian Yelich at pick one, but I think there is a Mike Trout at pick one. So if you don't get it, I'm getting at pick two, and I get a steal. So it's I, there's some strategy involved because... Actually, I'm going to let you go first because I'm curious. You want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Because... I have a feeling our... But you can't take it if I take it. I'm pretty sure our, feel, our picks are going to be completely different because my head, I'm thinking of Hickory Crawdad baseball food. Yeah. No, I mean... Like... But this is the pick. You, you want me to go first? Sure. So you got second pick? Sure. All right. Pick one of one. Drum roll. A hot dog. A classic hot dog. Okay. 
I've never been to a baseball game where I haven't had one. Okay. okay. I think the hot dog is the number one pick. You can't have it. You can't even. Okay. That, I. That wasn't on my radar. It wasn't on your radar? Nah. Oh, man. But I've seen you eat hot dogs at baseball games before. Sure. I will, but. Okay. So there, we're there add... are other food items. Okay. If I go to a ballpark. Okay. All right, so well, I'm putting right, hot dogs so, on my squad. All What's right, your so first you, you have hot dogs. Mm-hmm. I am going to go with nachos. Oh, that was on my list. It was on my list. Nachos are classic. Especially at the Crawdads. Kudos to the Hickory Crawdads if you're listening. Mm. Sponsor us. <laughs> we'll take that. Yeah. Nachos are good. So, nachos are good. Nachos. But if you get loaded nachos. Oh, what, get what is loaded, loaded nachos? nachos. Dude, you got what? You got the meat, you got cheese, you got the jalapenos, you got the salsa. Mm. So I I would go with nachos over hot dogs for me, but yes, I do agree. Hot dog will be the number one. Yeah. My daughter, she would devour two hot dogs easily. So, all right. So, especially like dollar dog night. Yes. All right. So you got nachos on your team. I got to put some strategy here because this would not be my next pick, but I don't think you're going to take my next pick. Okay. But I'm, there is something that I think you will take and I'm going to take it here. Popcorn. Popcorn is my second pick. Popcorn is just a classic. It's just one of those salty foods that everybody oh, okay. enjoys. I'll give, I'll give you that one. People make a mess with it, but people, popcorn is one of those foods that people are like, Hey man, can I have some? And you're like, sure. It's popcorn. Now, baseball parks are making tons of money off popcorns. It's the cheapest thing to make. But it's so good. I love popcorn. It is. Oh, yeah. I I can eat my weight in popcorn. Mm. So that's my second pick. So I got hot dogs and popcorn. You've got nachos. What's your second pick? Uh Uh-oh. He's tilting. Well, I know what I want to eat. Yeah. But but if we're going to pick a lineup, like this would be a lot of food for one person to eat at a game. You don't have to eat it at a game. Just so, your your favorites, your go-to. My favorite go-to when we go to the Crawdads game is the buffalo chicken wrap. Okay. All right. So you're going to wrap. Okay. All yes, right. That okay. is that that may be the best wrap. Like best it's kind of like a fancy chicken wrap in Hickory. Oh, wow. That's it, kind of a fancy pick, but buffalo chicken is the best wrap. With fries. You can't With take fries, fries because too. Because I get the meal, dude. You can't take I get fries. The meal. That's back-to-back picks. That's not. Oh, come meal. on. I don't know, man. That I don't know if I'm going to accept that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. So buffalo chicken wrap with fries, okay? So nachos. You got a spicy meal. All right, we're going to have to throw some sweet stuff in here. So here's my third pick. This would be my number two, okay? Okay. And as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, oh. Soft serve ice cream. Wait for it. In a mini helmet. That, in the mini helmet. In the yep. mini helmet. I can't tell you when I was a kid how many of them helmets I collected from going to baseball games. Maybe it's not better, but it tastes better eating it oh, out yeah, of a mini definitely. baseball helmet. Yeah, so so anything tastes better off a mini helmet. That's right. That's right, man. I was also that kid after games who would go and snatch other people's. people's. Yep. (laughs) How gross is that, dude? I still do that. (laughs) I still do that. Okay. All right. What's your next pick, man? I wouldn't have taken a wrap right there. I wouldn't have. I I would not because I it was not even on my radar. 
What you got? Third I guess pick. next is the freshly squeezed lemonade. Ooh, that that is a good pick. On a summer afternoon or night, there is nothing better than this uh, freshly squeezed lemonade stand. I don't know what they put in it besides sugar, but it is so good. Water, lemons, and sugar. So That's great. It is. Good. It is good, though. Oh, man. Dang, I want one of those right now. That was a good pick. Um, Man, my last pick. Nachos are on my list, popcorn. I, I don't see you picking my last one. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. Um, My last pick, I guess I'm just going to go. I got my sweet thing. I'm not really a sweet guy. Um, <laughs> That sounds bad. That's what Emily says. Yeah. I guess my last pick would, I said popcorn. This is too much like popcorn. I'm going to say it anyways, peanuts. Peanuts. Classic peanuts. Uh, I would never get peanuts and popcorn in the same night because that's just too much of a mess. But I like my squad. All right, so peanuts is my last pick on my Mount Rushmore. All right, so you want hot dogs. Ice cream and a helmet. Oh, try, popcorn, was, popcorn. So hot dogs, popcorn, ice cream with the helmet, mm-hmm. and peanuts. That's my four. Your four is this. Okay, so we're going to go nachos, buffalo chicken with fries, <laughs> the buffalo chicken wrap with fries, fresh squeezed lemonade. Mm. And Dang, then, I don't have a drink. And then yeah, I'm gonna drink my melted ice. And cream. you're eating peanuts and oh, popcorn. Oh man, that's a good strategy. <laughs> well, you got you got ice cream. That's yeah. Uh, depending yeah. on how hot it is and how fast you can eat it. A little moisture. Everybody hates that word. That's why yes. I said it right there. <laughs> um, but no, we're gonna go the nachos, uh-huh. chicken buffalo wrap with fries. Questionable pick. The fresh squeezed lemonade, mm-hmm. only to top it off. Okay. Nothing better. Funnel cake. Oh man, that's on my list. That that is probably funnel cake. Yes. Now, are you a definitely powdered sugar guy? Definitely powdered sugar. What about like sauce? Do you like chocolate sauce or syrup or? No, we we we're we're pre just like the baseball game. We're pre traditional. (laughs) Give us our powdered sugar. My wife and I would take strawberries on there, but our daughter doesn't like strawberries, so we just kind of. But yes, so all right. Let's get let's go with the funnel cake. Has my D eight my cleanup hitter. Okay, I don't know how, but we're going to post these somewhere. Let us know who's got the best team. Okay, let us know who's got the best four squad, and uh, maybe this is something we do later on where we do some drafts with stuff to kind of talk some arguments and uh, some of the, it's all clean arguments. We're not going to be at each other's throat because they, he took funnel cake. All right. But uh, just a classic ballpark night. But neither one of us said Cracker Jacks. Oh. I mean, that's, that's that's like... Yeah, Cracker Jacks. I guess that would be... I don't even have that on my list, to be honest with you. Honestly, I don't know that I've ever bought Cracker Jacks. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's just something, Yeah. but it's, you know... It's a baseball classic. Buy yeah. me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Mm-hmm. That's why I said peanuts. Yeah, that that's a classic. Let us know what you would choose as your four, okay? Let us know where we messed up. Let us know what was the best four picks in your opinion. But that is what we've got today, guys. How do you want to wrap up this show? Do you want to wait to do our recommendation of the week today, or do you want to wait to do it the next episode? Yeah, basically in later episodes, we're going to talk about 
things we recommend, maybe like a book that we're reading or uh, a movie we watch or a show we watch or a restaurant, whatever is our recommendation of the week. We can wait to do that in the next episode to come. But we just wanted to have a fun discussion today, um, kind of a discussion on what our lives look like as Christians and believers, our testimony and our call to ministry. I'm excited, Rob, to hear yours in the next episode. Um, you got anything else to say? No, not right at the moment. So thank you for listening today, guys. It's been a interesting time to say the least yeah. but no uh kyle we thank you for sharing your testimony and just uh we had some random baseball food picks very random good i want to go to a baseball game right now though i know i know <laughs> i miss baseball me too i miss baseball me too i miss baseball worse than basketball nfl nascar like i would be okay if we just got rid of all other sports i know we probably Anybody listening would definitely disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, I probably would too. But baseball is summer. Without without summer, without, yeah, it just doesn't feel like summer to me without baseball. Right. I agree with that. But we could talk about this for days. Uh, we appreciate you guys for joining in and listening today. Uh, leave us a review. Give us five stars. We hope you subscribe to the podcast. All that is weird saying and coming out of my mouth. Maybe that'll flow naturally later but again we are excited for this journey we hope you are too Um, we appreciate you guys until next time until next time stay caffeinated